Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Dream, with my co-host, Ilya Nabokovsky. And now, on with the show. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Dream Reality, New Earth Radio. I am Dr. Dream, and my co-host... And I am Ilya Nabutovsky. Ilya, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's so great to be here with you again. I mean, every time we have this, you know, show going on, I just feel so uplifted, and it's really an honor. I'm so blessed. So thank you again for, you know, having this co-created space with us. So how are you well, doing, I lo- brother? I love that we get to do this each week and um just it 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 just feels like all the energy um just sort of builds up up to this moment. I should state that this is Tuesday evening, September twenty seventh, and um it just feels great to be here. Lots of energy these days. And I'm hearing this from all over the place, not just, um, you know, the the in the regular forums that I tend to hang out in, but it, it seems like um, the mainstream is really feeling the energetic movement. Um, are you getting that same thing on the East Coast? Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure you've uh, heard about the Wall Street protest and you know, these protests are popping up all over the country um, and all over the world. And I haven't uh, been there yet, but I can definitely feel the energy and everyone's talking about it. And I just feel like we are really on the verge of something really, really great. Well, there is definitely a lot going on. I'm glad you brought up the, the Wall Street protests. It's um, It's really quite wild. Now, you won't find me out at a protest. It's just not um, the energetics that I work within, but I'm, I really honor and respect all of us for stepping into the role that we're here to play. And if that means to go down and occupy Wall Street or the, the West Coast version, which is, is happening um, this coming Saturday in Los Angeles, um, you know, I, I lend my full support and um you know i'm i'm quite pleased with the internet and specifically facebook for giving us a a channel to put all this information out there cuz certainly we're not seeing it in the mainstream media which is just another reason uh not to be trusting that as our source for information of what's going on in the world 
Right. And, you know, what I love about these events and these gatherings is that people are actually starting to take responsibility for their actions and they're starting to, you know, create the reality that they want to see. And um, I don't also agree with, you know, all the things that are going on, but I definitely feel like we're definitely going in the right direction here. And I fully support this movement and... You know, I do what I can to assist the movement in a peaceful, loving way to really share um, the love and share the energy of what we want to see so that we can really manifest it. And by embodying it, we manifest it in the physical world. And uh, our guest tonight, actually, uh, I, I learned from her that it's not about wanting something and trying to pull it towards us. It's about sharing and embodying that which we want. And by sharing it and by putting it out there into the universe, it will get reflected back and will be manifest in the physical world. And so I, I surely um, agree, uh, again, to a certain level and will do all I can in my power to, um, to benefit uh, this movement in a loving and positive way. Beautiful. You mentioned um, our, our guest who we'll be introducing here in a moment, and I have to say I um, I had not met uh, Miriam until this weekend. Um, I made it out uh, for part of the Awake and Aware 2011 uh, conference. It's a Project Camelot conference that was held um, here in Orange County, California, in Irvine, and uh, on Friday evening, I had um, the distinct honor of uh, meeting Miriam. And I, and I have to say, what's most interesting is there were a lot of people there on, on Friday evening. And um, uh, we were out, uh, Laura and I were out talking in the lobby, and we were walking back toward the ballroom, and a woman walked past me in... Um, uh, in in the lobby, and I, I I I made eye contact, and I thought I I need to know this person, and then um, a, a little while later, it must have been an hour and a half or something like that. They did the introductions, and of course, it was it was Miriam, and so uh, I I made a beeline as soon as the introductions were over uh, to meet her. She was in awfully good company this weekend with David Wilcock and, of course, uh, Carrie Cassidy and Bill Ryan, Sean David Morton, Graham Hancock, Richard Hoagland, uh, Marcia Schaefer, Bob Dean, Nassim Harriman, Rich Dolan. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and here was this, this energetic stronghold of, um, of Miriam, and uh, it, it was a treat to be in the presence of, of all these you know, really amazing people that have fully stepped up and into their role, what they are here to do for the collective. And and um I was I was absolutely blown away. And and you've been you've had a lot more contact with Miriam, so I'd like to just sort of turn over the rest of the introduction to you, Ilya. Well, <clears throat> thank you. Uh, yeah, I actually met Miriam uh, two years ago at the very first Awaken Aware conference, so it's kind of an interesting synchronicity that, you know, this time you uh, get to meet her at this one. 
But I met her uh, at the Awaken Aware conference, and as soon as I saw her, I knew that she was going to be a crucial part um, in the evolution of consciousness and the and the rise in awareness that's going on around the world. So, um, in terms of who she is, I'd just like to briefly uh, tell everyone that's listening that she is currently the founder and the executive director of the Great Gathering of Humanity which is an amazing project. Um, she's been helping out with the indigenous traditions for quite some time now, and her main focus is really to uh, rebalance the symbiotic relationship between humanity and the earth, and so that we can recognize that the time is now for people to, reu to reunite into one heart. And I really, really love what Miriam represents and who she's about. And so... Uh, enough of me talking about who she is. I'd like to bring her on and allow her to uh, introduce herself and tell her, tell us a little bit about who she is. So, Miriam, are you with us? Yes, I am, Ilya. Oh my goodness, what what be both of you beautiful um, intros, and Ilya, uh, I I don't, I'm almost speechless at um, at your introduction because I can truly feel um, the resonance that you are talking about um, with the project and with myself. And it's a real honor to be working, you know, alongside you as well because, of course, Ilya, you've, you've stepped up to the plate and, and uh, came to be part of the Great Gathering family, really, um, and been working to help us set up <clears throat> some, of the, some of the, you know, work that we're doing to build the foundation for the Great mm -hmm. Gathering. So it's a real honor to be here. And Dr. Dream, um, it's just an incredible time to, to make connections. And it is interesting what happened at that conference. Uh, the conference in 2009 where I met Ilya, there was uh, another person that I met there named Nina, and she's actually on the board of directors of the Great Gathering now as well. And I remember when I met them, I just looked at them, we met. I don't remember ever, anything about it other than I'm going to work with her and I'm going to work with him. And that's Nina and Ilya. So it is really incredible how the connections that we can make just by looking at one another. And again, at this conference, there were individuals that I met that I was just, boom, it was just right there, instant connection in a way that really talking about this transformation process that we're going through right now and <clears throat> the speeding up of of time and space it feels as as though we're going through we can simply look at someone and begin to transform very quickly we can look at someone and have instant recognition and understanding as though we've known the person for you know 10 15 20 30 years um, if you're as old as I am, <laughs> um, and so there is, there are those, 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 there are those interactions that are taking place, and I think that this is interesting, um, uh, an interesting lead into maybe what, uh, partly what we can talk about today is how we're interacting with each other, and what those interactions are, because when individuals meet, 
we have a tendency to, especially in the past, I believe, kind of judge each other um, based on maybe one or two facts or things that we're recognizing in another individual. But today when we meet people, it's so much more, there's so much depth to the encounter of, uh, you know, just looking into someone's eyes. There's so much more information that we receive from person to person that is allowing us to really have more of a soul connection and more of a heart-to-heart connection or and even an intellectual connection, absolutely. But there's so much more depth to our relationships now than there ever have been in the past. And, of course, this is part of the process of change and evolution and uh, the development of humanity and uh, moving forward in time and space. And it is not going to end. It is a proven fact that we will continue to move forward, that we will continue to have great change. And I look forward to the future in this regard to see in another 10, 20, 30, 40 years how it is that we interact with one another. And although there's a lot of physical manifestations as a result of this greater awareness, such as, you know, what's happening in New York with Wall Street. Um, This isn't just about, uh, this is, those reactions are not, they're, in my view, all of these reactions around the world are not even as much physical reactions as they are spiritual reactions. And this is very, very um, important topic for, for myself right now because I do not agree in any way, shape, or form, in the destruction of something in order to create something new, it has to be uh, it has to be done with peace and with heart and with um, clarity of mind, and um, in recognizing what it is that we're asking to be done. So, with the sit-in with in in Wall Street right now, it. It's great to have that attention um, on a world stage uh, as much as we can at this point to bring about a greater awareness. But I think that that awareness really, truly is more about the spirit than it is about Wall Street because of the whole system, which I don't want to talk about. I don't want to get into the conspiracy or you know any of the along any of that business. But to say that this is really about spiritual matters that are manifesting in the physical world because we recognize that in order for us to move forward spiritually, we need to make some changes to the foundation of how it is that we live and where it is that we're going and and how we're going to get there. So um, maybe we can look at that and and discuss that today. And again, thank you both so much for, for having me. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of our conversation. Thank you. Well, that was <laughs> incredible, Miriam. Wow. And um, I would absolutely love to continue uh, having this sort of discussion um, because it's, it is truly important to understand why these physical manifestations are occurring. And I feel like before um, they can be manifested physically, they are sent out into the universe energetically. And when it reflects back, it then becomes manifest. And so what I am curious is how do you see 
process of the initial energetic um, release of energy. How can we best really gather our energies and share it with the world so that it can reflect back to us and manifest physically in the best way for humanity? That is an absolutely incredibly beautiful question and one that is probably one of the most important points that I have been expressing to people all week and at the Awaken Aware conference. Wow. Well, please, Miriam, uh, enlighten us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Energy, you know, this energy that, uh, that you brought up, it's interesting because we use a language. <clears throat> For myself, I'm using English. And I find that the, the language that people speak is often very limiting on, on conceptual surrounding of, that, of, of a word. So when I hear you say the word energy inside of us, I see some people may only think about you know, physical energy and the frequencies and the vibrations and all of these things. I'm thinking energy as in what do we have to offer? What is it that we have inside of us? Is it is it really heavily based in spiritualism? Is it really heavily based in the technical world? Um, is it really heavily based in a, uh, you know, a laboring, you know, type of way? What is your energy? And of course, for every human being alive, it is always a combination of everything. Nothing is left out. But how is it and what is it that we can do with our energy in order to manifest in this world? Well, I think an easy route, an easy route is to um, to stand up and gather together and demand like they are in, in Wall Street and saying, let's have a change. I say easy because we need to create on a really mi- microcosm, um, with, look at everything from a microcosmic viewpoint. And things can't change from the top. They have to change from the bottom up. So we need the people all over the world to recognize their skills. And those skills may be in the spiritual world of being a facilitator of some kind, um, an educator of some kind. It also may be that you have great skill in business and finance even. And to take those skills, whatever they are, if they are to, you know, you have a voice in radio to volunteer uh, work with someone um, in in radio to if you are a business executive, um, give your some of your time to a nonprofit. If you are uh, a great organizer of events, offer your services to um, to an organization or group that you feel would uh, be a benefit to bring forward and educate people and and create an event for them. Um, there's all of these aspects of energy that we can best bring forward to create change. Because change does not happen through, through only the voice. Change creates, hap- change 
create is created and happens when we use our voices to express that we have something to offer. And that when that offer is made, it then becomes a, the work to be able to physically do the work in order to create change. So the um, the mantra of the Great Gathering is one voice, one people, one earth. And what that means is that we really do all have one voice within each of us that creates the collective whole. And what we need to do is bring all of our voices together so that we can have dialogue, so we can educate each other, so that we can share our skill set with each other and then volunteer and support each other. See, one of the key elements that's been missing in our on our planet um, is this sense of community that has slowly slipped away and imagine, just imagine the world right now if we had community that was really strong in our society and, in, and around the world um, and support between family members, between communities, between groups and organizations. What that has the potential to do is to say, okay, if we want to build, um, if we want to build that castle, just gather the people up and let's build it. And there's no effort because each person supports the process. And instead of one person trying to build a castle, it's done by you know thousands of people and it's done in a short period of time. So true change will come and is coming through the process of taking your energy, whatever that energy may be, and sharing that energy. Share what it is that you have with the world because that's the only way that true change will come. There is no other option with this. It has to be through um, through hard work, through sacrifice even, um, you know, sacrificing your time. Instead of going and laying on the beach every day after work, you take an hour or two, um, even once a week, and you give that time to support someone else in your community. Beautiful message for all of us, Miriam. Um, I would like to ask you to speak directly to um, what what the Great Gathering is and, and what's happening with that right now and kind of bring us into that um, energetic. Uh, oh, my gosh, there's endless factors. Um <laughs> endless factors. Uh, I think I would say that the the base factor is where we are in in the universe. Um, For example, in the universe itself, depending on what the position is and where we are, uh, and this is very much um, some of this knowledge that that was given to me by uh, extraterrestrials in 1988, through a spiritual experience. But depending on where we are in the universe itself, it will tell us how much pressure there is on the earth and on a human being. So, for example, when you go under, you know, when you go in the water in the ocean, uh, the deeper you go, the more pressure there is. That's why we can't, you know, just take, you know, divers and dive on in and go all the way to the bottom because we'd be crushed, Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in the universe. If you look at the universe the same as you would an ocean, 
same type of situation. We were floating above the water, and now we've gone in, you know, then we went into the water, and now we're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the into that. Um, and so as we move deeper and deeper into the universe and the position of the planets and the stars, more pressure is created. And as a result of that, it um, this is one of the reasons why solar flares have been happening and earthquakes and, and volcanic eruptions and this type of change is because of the position of the entire universe right now. That's playing an effect on the um, particles and subparticles of the of our surrounded existence, and it has caused us to have a more rapid rate of and this gets gets a little bit crazy, but um, it's how can I explain this easily? Because I'm not a physicist, I don't have the language of a physicist, but um, I definitely understand what it is that's happening physically, which goes into the spiritual as well. Um, what it means is, for those people who understand, it means that your vibration is just sped up. That's a simple way of putting it. Um, the technical, the more technical is that uh, it, what it means is just that your cells vibrate at a slightly faster rate and what that means, and this is part of physics. I mean, we're, we're made up of, you know, little atoms and things. I think atoms is the right word. Um, and when that happens, it allows for faster uh, electrical charges that move through the body. And, of course, this is how the brain functions. When the brain functions at a more rapid rate, we then are able to process more information um, much more rapidly. I remember years ago when I first saw the movie, uh, oh my goodness, what, I can't remember the name of it, um, oh my gosh, where they say you go down the rabbit hole. What the bleep do we know? What the bleep do we know? I remember watching that um, at a conference that I was at and I was just like, oh, thank God. You know, thankfully, someone has finally made something where I can just look at them and say, go watch that movie. Because what the belief explained this very, very clearly. I, for, for my life, I tried to tell people this. When I look at something, I don't just see you, you know. I see, you know, if a person sees a thousand things regularly, I would be seeing like 5,000 or 10,000 things bits of information. And what the bleep explains perfectly, 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 in very simple terms, what it is that we are doing and how this how this change is happening to us spiritually. Because when the physical body changes and the brain changes, we're able to intake more information and process information, comprehend in that information, and then utilize that information. So the spiritual connectedness that we have between the earth, ourselves, and the universe also increases. And so this is what it is that, that's helping us to transform. And what the bleep very, very clearly defined this in that film. So I would highly recommend everyone, if they haven't ever seen it, to watch it, to um, 
understand more of the process of what it is that's happening to us as a, as a species and on the planet. So combined with the position of where we are in the universe, understanding how our bodies are accelerating and moving at a more rapid rate, and then throwing on top of that um, what the bleep has shown to us about the process of you know psychic connection with those three factors we have created the template to create change for for ourselves on the planet and for the planet itself to a degree um and with that what we are doing is becoming more connected to each other uh as as you know, we started this. You you said that you walked past past me at the conference and said, you know, I want to talk to that person, or what what you what you had stated that you thought, and that's how rapid things are right now, and that's a connection. And even if even if we don't necessarily spend time together, just stop, look at someone in the eye, have a conversation for five minutes. That, can, that, that conversation at this point can affect us for the rest of our lives because of the depth. Um, sorry, because of the, the depth of that. Um, Dr. Green? Yep, I'm right here. So... <clears throat> I love the the description of, of what's happening, and I love um, talking about the relationship between humanity and the earth. So, so now bring us into this this entity, I guess um, we can say, of the great gathering, and and what how is this as a as a I guess an energetic offering pulling people together and, and, and what's the 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 purpose or mission um of of the great gathering? Well the great gathering is is really a philosophy above all else, the philosophy that if enough people can communicate with each other from around the world, that change happens. The the great gathering is understanding that it's only through educating each other that uh, on what it is, on what knowledge we we share, we have. Um, different groups, organizations, individuals coming together in one space to share the knowledge that we have regarding everything from indigenous cultures, scientists, uh, even economists, there's a place to talk about a change in our in our economy. Um, meditations, world meditations, events around the world, um, looking at uh, the events from that are based on bringing about <clears throat> greater respect or understanding or harmony with humanity or the earth. Taking all of these things, putting it into one space and saying, okay, if you would like to change our planet, then here's some, here's some information that can 
be utilized and taken and begin small projects, these microcosmic, you know, microcosm projects that can spiral and then create great change. So it's really about people coming together and uh, and and really just working with one another. Um, the focus of it and how we're going to get there is going to be created by the people. It's not going to be created by us. If the people want to get involved, then they will. If they don't want to get involved, then they can continue doing what they have been, which for some people is absolutely nothing. And for those people, then they can sit back and the rest of us who are really care about to the future of this planet and the future of humanity will begin doing the actual work of, of building that up. There's a great transformation that's happening on the planet and often people become frustrated or confused or uh, even angry over what it is that's taking place because of the spiritual enlightenment that's taking place. It's interchangeable. And the most, the number one question that I am asked, the number one question that I am asked is, what can I do? What can I do? And when you hear this for years and years and years, what can I do? We've based the Great Gathering on solution, finding solutions through education to be then find um, ways of creating physical change. It doesn't take $5,000 to go and clean up a beach. It takes the idea, it takes the motivation, and it takes community. The more often people do these things on a volunteer basis, the more often they support each other, the greater chance we have of creating that change because it is absolutely clear. One thing is absolutely crystal clear. There is no question of this. Our water is running out. Our resources are running, running out. The oil industry is on the verge of, you know, explosion for, you know, the cost of oil uh, around the planet. There's a monopoly on that. And so how are all of these things in our economies going to affect us? What's happening to our food production? Um, I think that water is the number one concern on the planet right now. Our forests are being destroyed. And there's no checks and balances for these things in place to ensure that we have a future. So to be really blunt, we have a change where humanity is going to end up in a Mad Max situation. And I know that no one wants that. So we, as those people who are committed to change, must act. There is no more time to contemplate. You must act. But act in a peaceful way, a responsible way, a way that is productive to our change, a way that is going to create that education and that physical changes that are taking place by cleaning up a beach, by planting a tree in your, you know, planting trees in your community by um, having rooftop gardens in New York City to create uh, an area for food, to stop running the water um, because you just want to walk away from it for a minute to, you know, go and grab something while your sink is, is the water is running. Stop 
taking, you know, 20-minute showers and recognizing that every time you take a 20-minute shower, you're actually causing a human being to suffer. And how does that happen? Because in the future, they won't have water. Every time I sit down in a restaurant, every single time I sit down in a restaurant, I look around the room and here's what I see. Do these people understand that in the future, that glass of water that everyone so easily, without thought, without even a thought, has put in front of their table will be worth its weight in gold? We as a people, as the people, as humanity, must awaken further to begin to act. And this is what this is about. It's about recognizing that, and this is why I'm saying that the the sit-in that's happening in Wall Street is something that is not going to create that ultimate change. It has to be in the views and in the responsibility, the personal responsible, you know, responsibility of every individual to create that change. Because this is a societal problem, a global societal problem. And it is a problem because I don't have any children, but I I am always thinking of the future children. I'm always thinking about my sister's children. I'm thinking about their children. And what I really question is, are they going to be able to even have any children in the future because of pesticides and cancer levels rising and, you know, we're getting so much pollution and are we able to, going to be able to um, have a future all along the west coast of North America because of radiation? Will the people in Japan be able to... Um, have food, clean food, and how many people will be dying of cancer in another 20 years from radiation from all of the nuclear reactors? What is it that we're going to be having to look at into the future? And I propose that talking about an earthquake is nothing. It's nothing. And a destructive earthquake is nothing in comparison to radiation and lack of water. So... We don't need to go there. We, there's still time to make a drastic change. And I, am, I really believe with all of my being that the Great Gathering is another tool that people will be able to utilize in order to create that change. And the way that we set this up is so that people can communicate from all over the world. They can share their knowledge. They can share their thoughts, their meditations. They can get involved in so many different ways. And it's an opportunity of growth and expansion of, of not only physically but consciously and spiritually. And that's a really big <clears throat> blast for the question that was asked. But it's a very, very serious one as well, Dr. Dream. And for yourselves, you know, both you and Ilya are, have stepped forward to bring this program to people to begin conscious awareness. But the conscious awareness is not just about the spirit. The conscious awareness is about about humanity as a whole, and conscious awareness is also about um, physically moving forward. And it is, it is my view that 
in order for us to move forward, we have to be conscious of something very, very important, not just our spirit, which is the primal, prime way that we'll get there, yes, spiritually, but to consciously recognize that you as the individual are responsible for life or death in the future. And which one are you going to choose? Wow. Volunteer. Volunteer. Powerful. It leads me to a follow-up question for you, Miriam. Um, As we are expanding our awareness into the energetic spiritual beings that we are, kind of away from the sort of what I'll refer to as the ordinary sort of 3D, 4D reality of of um, of our humanity, uh, what will we be, I mean, what do you believe we'll really be capable of? I mean, I got a little bit of a sinking feeling when I when I was listening to you. Um, I I have a child and 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 this and that and I, and I guess from my perspective, this expanded awareness really um, empowers us to to make changes for humanity and for the earth that. I don't believe are are possible now. So I, I just kind of want to throw that out there and see where you weigh in on it. Well, I would say that your thinking feeling was a little bit of a reaction to, oh my gosh, I'm doing it, but I see so many people that aren't. Is this going to be possible? I think that let's get let's let's have that as as clarity first of all. Um, <clears throat> because I know that many other people get that sinking feeling as well. Oh, my gosh, you know, there's so much for, for us to do. How are we going to get there? What are we going to do? Um, is it even possible, or, or are we just going to destroy ourselves? You know, there's nothing in my understanding whatsoever that says that we're not going to make it. Absolutely nothing. Um, if If enough people, and what I'm trying to suggest is that if we can motivate people like you and I who are doing doing the work and continue to motivate them, then we're going to be just fine. Um, where it is that we're going in the future is is inevitably uh, towards an evolutionary, you know, if we can look at it through an evolutionary viewpoint. We It's absolutely clear that every year that goes by, in the existence that we're in right now in this life and the lives that came before us in our history, that we are evolving and that our expanded consciousness is evolving and that through that expanded consciousness we are changing. Even in our DNA, there's changes that are taking place. Um... And so this is part of evolution. Where are we going? Uh, we are going to a, to a place that is unimaginable. We are going to a place that is unimaginable to us right now. We can speculate all we want about what it is that's going to happen in the future to us as a species. But I believe that where we're going is unimaginable. And it is um, something that 
we can generalize in, absolutely. And that generalization is that, uh, for example, I could view it, I view many things through myself, through my own experiences, through where I've been and where I'm, I feel I'm going. So here's the thing. When I was a 13-year-old child and I could look into someone's eyes and tell them the most intimate details of their life at times, uh, and I could remote view and um, I was astral traveling and all of these things, other people didn't even, they couldn't even wrap their heads around it. It was like, what? How do you do that? And it was like I was, you know, I was either a demon or I was an angel from heaven kind of thing. There was no other explanation. No one even got it. All they knew is that I was, you know, really scary. Mm-hmm. Well, look at that today. So now a lot of people, really just very, what I would say, everyday people are having these kinds of experiences. And maybe not um, every single day. No, no, no. But they're having these interconnected experiences where they can look at someone and say, oh, they were going to say something and then the other person says it. Um, they were going to phone their friend and then their friend calls. Those kind of experiences of connectedness. And sometimes they may even have those insights into more personal issues um, or personal experiences, I would rather say, personal experiences that the other individuals had. So what I'm saying and building upon here in this, in this thought is that my perception and my um, interconnectedness with everything has been almost futuristic. Because now, where I was, when I, I'm 45 years old. When I was 13 years old, that's where many people are right now. Average, everyday people are at the point where I was when I was 13. Because they're all of a sudden awakening to it very rapidly. So, I didn't stay where I was I continue to grow spiritually also. And what I what I suggest is this, is that, Dr. Dream, Ilya, this is an exciting question because if we can view it this way, there is a pond and you go to the center of the pond and you drop a pebble into that pond. And the first ripple that comes off is always very strong. And that ripple is going to make it all the way to the shore. Now, if you keep taking those pebbles and dropping smaller and smaller pebbles, there's a continuance of these waves that come from the center. But what happens is every time there's a wave, if the pebbles get smaller and smaller and smaller, you can view life like this. There are those who are ahead of the rest of the waves. And I view many people in my circle to be in the first wave. So they will get, um, spiritually, they will be the guides in some sense to what it is that's coming. Am I making sense on this? Is it oh, understandable? Absolutely, yes. Okay. okay. 
So there's waves of us. So, for example, when I was 13 years old and I was educating people just by my my trying to say, oh, my God, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeing all these things and I, you know, I predict. I predict uh, car accidents and airplane crashes and earthquakes and, you know, all sorts of things with the people that were around me. Um, What happened in that process is that those people, even my family, was educated by it, just by my presence, just by me sharing and talking about it. And it enabled them, as it was coming up on them, to be able to understand it better. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So where we're going in the future, I, guide, I I gauge a little bit on myself and my experiences. And what I can state is that the experiences that I've had in the last few years of my life have been some of the most profound far-reaching, expansive experiences that I could never have even imagined. Hmm. Wow. They wow. are so clear, the clarity of the interconnectedness that people are always talking about and my perception of that interconnectedness has become more predominant and more understandable. And that's that's what, this is what, this understanding is what the Great Gathering is and has been created from of how this interconnectedness works. So the interconnectedness between one person and the effect that it has, for example, in the past, many, many, many years ago, and I do mean many, probably, you know, Ilya, before you were even born, because I know you're 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 younger. Yeah. Um, we couldn't even see where something stemmed from. So, uh, for example, uh, those those little points that you can look back and say, you know what, three years ago, that particular moment happened. And it's the only we, what reason why then that was the beginning point of this happening, that happening, this point happening, this point happening, and now this. We couldn't look back to say, okay, that's where exactly the moment where this really came from. We just say, oh, this just happened, la, 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 la. And we'd be kind of blind, you know. But now you can look back and you can say, oh, two years ago on this date I met this person and we had a conversation for ten minutes and because of that conversation, I did this or this happened, and then it put into place a chain of events that created this massive, uh, you know, effect on your life. And now we can look back and see that. That's that's about the interconnectedness as well. That more people are, you know, pretty much everyone is able to see more clearly that we couldn't see before. Because now we're we're able to see the past, the present, and even into the future. That's what's coming. People are going to start to be able to see the future a little bit more. We've we've been looking at the past. We're going to be able to see a little bit more of the future, and how our actions today connect to that future. 
that's where we're going. Spiritually, that's one of the things that we're moving towards is understanding and having that greater perception. And that changes. That's, that's, a, that's a game changer. You can't have spiritual enlightenment and remain dormant in what it is that you're doing, thinking, or seeing. Right. It, it, it really means you're going to change in, a, in every way. So I hope that answered at least part of the question. Absolutely. Um, now, I wanted to uh, step in and just back up a little bit uh, you mentioned uh, previously in our conversation that you were inspired to create the Great Gathering and to do the work that you're doing um, due to an event that occurred in 1988. And you mentioned a word that most people didn't even know existed in 1988, and that's extraterrestrial. And I'd like you to just talk a little bit about how you got started and how that experience influenced you and um, how it made you who you are today. Thank you, Ilya. Uh, well, it, 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 it transformed me right in, you know, instantaneously. Um, when I was very, very young, I was always, I always had these kind of thoughts about my life, my future, my understanding. Um, like even when I was little, you know, very, 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 very little, I would look at people and try and figure out what they were thinking. And then sometimes I would feel like they would know that I was doing that, and then I would stop. So my whole life I was a little bit different, even if I didn't verbalize it. I, I was a little bit different. Um, and as I moved, you know, through time and got older, these gifts, which at points I felt like, you know, really cursed over because I didn't understand them fully or I couldn't control them fully, uh, were running my life. You know, when you have visions of things that no one else is having, you know, it's difficult. And that's why I completely understand when people come to me and they say, um, I don't have anyone around me to talk to, and I feel like I'm going crazy. I, I've been through that process. Um, but when I was 22 and I had this encounter on the highway with tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed extraterrestrials, um, you know, driving at night in a car with some other people and some lights came up behind us and they followed us for quite a while and then we, you know, we eventually ended up coming to a stop on the side of the road. Um, I got out of the car and I went with these beings. I was taken on board a, a craft. And while I was on there, I was shown um, and, and taught much and many of the things that have been expressed here today. Even the physics of it was explained to me. And the way that this happened is partially through telepathy and then through looking at this screen that was sort of in, in like a holographic screen in, in air. And instead of just, you know, looking at something like a television screen, like being in a car race, for example, and you're in the car, you're watching a car race, well, instead of that kind of information coming to me, it was as though they placed me inside that car and I was driving it and I'm, I'm already there, I'm doing it. 
So some of these visions that were given to me were really traumatic, in fact. Um, and But they also showed me beautiful futuristic possibilities as well. And that these things, have, you know, all of this information is what drives me. It's what drives um, the, the whole focus of the Great Gathering. Because it's not about, quote, extraterrestrials. That's, that's for certain. It's about humanity. And it's about this earth. And as much as possible, I try to focus on that. That's, that's originally how I came forward, was by telling this extraordinary, um, ex- talking about this extraordinary experience with these beings. But it's given a platform to be able to, and a voice, to be able to bring the, the great gathering forward. And that, I will, ad- I will fully uh, you know, admit, has been the entire focus. It was always about the Great Gathering. Always. And so these beings have insight into our future and our past and who we are. And this is a beautiful thing because they have expressed that humanity will go through this process of spiritual change, that they want us to go through this spiritual change. They want us to have greater awareness of our surroundings and what we're doing and who we are. And this is a really beautiful message. It's not one of suppression or lies or, you know, manipulation or anything like that. They're saying, hey, wake up. Look at your world. Look at who's doing what to whom. Pay attention. Be spiritually connected. Um, there is so much more to life than m- almost any human being, well, I would say any human being alive, no. Because if you're in a human body, you're in a process of learning, period. Anyone that's ever come here is in the process of learning. Even when we talk about Jesus Christ, Buddha, um, you know, all these people have still been in a human body in a process of learning. And and that's even written about in their stories. So the suggestion of <clears throat> these beings, um, you know, there's a lot of speculation and a lot of things that people could say about who they who and what they are. But for myself, I will maintain that they they enlightened me and gave me knowledge and insight that was a blessing in my life. Difficult to deal with, yes painful at times spiritually, like to my soul, because I was so isolated with it, yes. But gave to me a great gift of understanding of life itself and how we as human beings could be could be so much greater than what we are. And so there are suggestions out there by people who think that these beings are demonic almost, and to me, this is the most ridiculous uh, statement imaginable. Because when one is given the gift of compassion, of caring, of clarity, of deep emotional connection to humanity, the animals, the earth, when one is given the gift of um, sacrifice, of, of of service to others in any way that is possible through you know speaking to people this way I could be I'm, I'm sitting on I'm sitting in California right now at a beach 
I'm at someone's house who is right on the beach. And instead of doing that and going to the beach, I'm here volunteering my time. And this is really an important aspect of um, the great gathering. It's about what is the choice. You know, I'm not expecting anyone to go and and volunteer and give up their lives and and the way that, that I have dedicated my life to this. But the suggestion is think about and look with clarity what someone is saying and what their experiences are, especially when it comes to these beings. Because the greatest uh, flaw, uh, not flaw, the greatest um, harm being done to humanity is that, and and listen to this quote very carefully, things are not as they appear to be. Life is not as it appears to be. And when when, when we look at life, we like to point fingers. Well, this person said that. This person said that. It's that person's fault. This, that, and the other thing. Well, you know, these beings gave me insight that had me understand that it, it is not one thing. It is not Wall Street that's destroying us. It's ourselves. It's not always the way that it appears to be. If we want change, we have to, we have to create that. We have to do that because we're the creators. And here's the thing is that we have the power, the ability, the drive, and the means to be able to do all of that. So that's what these beings really instilled in myself and had um, gave this insight into how to move forward with this. Did they say, okay, well, first of all, you're going to make a website and you're going to do this. No, 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 no. But to just understand, um, to a degree, the energy that we're talking about, the human condition, um, the global condition, and the interconnectedness to everything. So that's what drives this, is a deep spiritual belief that I have. It's, it's a deep spiritual belief and knowingness, not just belief, but knowing that I have. And that's what's driven the Great Gathering and where we're going. I love this. Now, Miriam, <clears throat> tell me, uh, or or speak further to this creating change. Um, I see a lot of uh, really wonderful beings um, going outside of themselves in very big ways energetically to create change. Um, we're seeing it uh, again with the Occupy Wall Street and how this is this is spreading all over. Um, can people? Is it available for people to create change without going out and sort of um, taking a stand and like the the Wall Street thing and and sort of fighting the powers that be? You know what? Um, it, what, what's the physical process is I think what you're asking. What what do why what's the vision as far as a physical process? Um you know, there's there's a little bit of a there's a little people are gonna say she's you know, part of the New World Order or something here from these statements. Um which is really dangerous. It's 
dangerous when we attack each other that way. Um, what I'm suggesting is, okay, here's the thing. If we look at Egypt and what it is that happened in Egypt, an entire country rose up and said, you know, we're, we don't want this anymore. We want to change. So a new policymaker comes in and a new policymaker comes in to, to create some sort of a, you know, po- quote, policy. Okay, well, we've made a little, you know, instead of crossing a T, we're going to dot an I. What's changed? That person's still going to walk into the same house. They're going to have the same problems. They're going to have the same issues that will continue to arise because the actual way in which we built that house is still the same. That house is still built the same. Some You just have a new caretaker. The foundation of it still remains on that rocky, you know, made on rocks. It's, you know, it's made from pebbles that are ready to have the house, you know, tilt and fall. Uh, The wood was still made from, you know, from rotten wood that's been laying out in in the elements for too long. The roof has holes in it. Uh, the doors don't open properly, all of those things. We're, built, we're living in a house, each and every one of us, in a structure that needs to be changed. The structure can only be changed if the people themselves create that change. Because the ones that created the original house have a vision as clear as I have a vision. And I'm not in agreement with their vision. I would like to see that house rebuilt. So by going and and, and having these peaceful sit-ins, I agree with. I agree that there's a space for that, for a very peaceful um, collaboration of voices to make a statement and to be clear that we want change and to even attempt to change that. I agree with that. But that's simply not enough, is what I'm suggesting, is that the very, very small change that an individual can make in life in some way can create an effect on either many people or a situation. And there has to be a fundamental way of of, of really collectively working together somehow to create that new foundation to start a new house. For example, food. Let's talk about food. Let's use the whole example around food. We believe as a global society that um, more so than anything else that uh, we need to have farmers go out and, and, and grow our food so that we can have a corporate company go and make our process that food so that we can go into a grocery store and buy that food. The entire concept of that 
in the way that we are perceptually looking at it is completely and totally inequivocably wrong. This is the kind of change that I'm talking about that physically needs to happen. For example, there's nothing wrong with the farmer and the production and the store. The question is to what degree. We've given our rights away to um, Monsanto to make genetically modified seeds that there is no checks and balances on to say what it's doing to our environment, our planet, our bodies, our minds, our actual, you know. We've given, um, we've made policies around that through, um, around the world with Monsanto, with genetically modified seeds that are causing people to commit suicide all over the planet in, in third world countries or poor countries because they no longer can reproduce from a nat- in a natural way and collect seeds the way that they used to because they simply don't grow. So now farmers are being um, killing themselves be- and their families because in, in, in India, for example, because they can't feed their families anymore. And this is a societal problem throughout the world. So how is it that it's been sit-in, whether it be in, in Egypt or in Wall Street, changes that? Well, it changes by physically saying, recognizing, again, looking at things with clarity and saying, okay, how do we change that situation? First of all, every individual should have heritage and heirloom seeds and they should all be planting gardens because it creates an effect, a ripple effect. And that ripple effect is something that is physical because the more people that plant gardens, the less food production we need from farmers, the less food production we need from corporations, the less we need the grocery stores. You see? No matter mm-hmm. how large or small that project is, if every single man, woman, and child, or let me rephrase, if every single family or home took the initiative to do this, it would change the face of the earth immediately. Immediately, immediately. There is no question of this because you look at the broader picture. Where is the clarity in this? We don't need as much oil. We don't need as much water to, um, to you know, wash the cans, to wash the bottles, to, you know, uh, transport the, you know, we don't need as much oil to transport through the trucks. Um, you see, it's a ripple effect. It's a huge, massive Massive, massive ripple effect. You just have to think on a, on a, instead of a micro scale, you think of the macro scale. So look at something through the ma- micro scale, the tiny little scale, and say, how would that, if everybody did that, affect everything as a whole? What would happen? What's the ripple effect from that? So these are the types of things where when you clean up a beach, I went to um, Santa um I went to the Dominican Republic once about when I was about 25, and uh, I, I, the ocean there in Santo Domingo was the most polluted waters on the ocean I've ever seen. My gosh, you could have taken, you know, I don't know, from one little piece of mile-long beach. I, I don't even know. It was like they just literally backed up trucks and dumped their garbage into the water. There was so much garbage there. So 
the smallest action can can literally save an ocean, you know, and the species in it. And how does that help? Well, there's more food for the fish, and the more fish that we have, the more we can feed the people. It's a it's a ripple effect. So. One small act of planting a garden, getting heritage and heirloom seeds, cleaning up a beach, um, cleaning up some sort of waterways that you're at, uh, um, stopping um, stopping the water, not taking 20-minute long showers, all these things are actions. They are actions that create a ripple effect of massive change. Think about if you're a person that takes a shower every single day and that what happens through that every single day that you use that water, think about it. If you're having a shower every single day, how much water that takes. Now, I'm not suggesting not to take a shower. Don't jump all over me for that. But what I'm going to say is let's pretend here that you're taking the shower and you cut down your time in half as compared to what you usually do. That's an act of compassion towards the future and an act that will create a ripple effect of change. Because if every man, woman, child that does that right now and takes a shower every single day, cuts their time in half, it creates massive change into the future. So we have to stop thinking that we need to do massive projects in order to create change. Create a microcosmic project, micro-project, that creates massive change elsewhere. Pick something that you choose and volunteer to do it or commit to it. And that's how the change is happening. It's not going to happen. It is happening. We're already doing it. We already recycle. And although recycling is not enough as the whole, it's just simply not, um, we're working towards great change. And I'm very happy with the progress that we've made. From my personal view, we're making massive progress. It's just that it's not recognized because it's not all in one. We're not looking at it all at the same time. The Great Gathering website is going to is kind of like the the reflection of my own mind, in a way, trying to bring all of the things that I see in this vision of interconnectedness into one place and say, look, this is what is here. This is what we're doing, and give um, inspiration to people to continue. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that <clears throat> it's it's really very important for for people to identify, you know, what role they can play, how how they can do it. I know when I lived um in New York City, um you know, there was not an opportunity to do a garden or anything like that. And you know, now it's different out here and even there's a group of us here in Los Angeles that have gotten together to support a plot of land in East Los Angeles as a community garden. And and we have sort of gathered the tribe um, to do that. And so just, you know, when I'm the the energy of what I'm getting from you is, you know, how, how important it is for people to just stop and take a look at their lives, which is really taking a look at their actions, and mm-hmm. see what they can adjust based on the future based on, you know, how they can be the change in themselves. You know, I I, I mentioned at the beginning of of this uh, broadcast, you know, you won't find me at the Occupy Wall Street, Occupy Los Angeles protest. That's not the, the energy that I carry. But believe me, 
um, I think there's a role for the people that feel the need to be there. That that if that's how you know they're being drawn to have their voice heard, have their energy add, added to the mix, I support that. I do it in in my way, in in you know the way that has been shown to me from from my perspective and my experiences of of what I'm able to do for for the good of all of our higher selves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's interesting. I, yep. I I I'm just going to support you in that with, with that statement completely. Can't, completely. Yes, and I I too support, you know, both of you. I feel that if something is resonating in your being and something is exciting and something feels good, that's what you are called to do. That's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And even if someone doesn't agree with your highest joy and your highest excitement, then that's okay. If you know what your highest excitement is, then that's what you're, that's what you're supposed to be doing. That's your dream. Follow your dream. Your dream is not somebody else's dream. Other people's dream is their dream. And I feel that if we all follow what our dream is, what our highest excitement is, then everything's just going to fall into place like a jigsaw puzzle. And mm-hmm. I feel that's what we're moving into is just constant synchronicity after synchronicity. And I feel that at the most basic level, all it takes is just following our greatest joy and excitement. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong when you're when you're in that energy of the, the greatest joy and excitement. That I mean it's you you can't really make a mistake when you're in that energy. And it's us as individuals, we're the only ones that know when we are in that energy of ours. And so it's not about following what everyone else is doing or anything else. It's really for me, my lesson has been to turn within to find what is my passion and bliss because that's the gifts I have that I came here to share. Now, I'm on your website, um, thegreatgathering.org, and I understand it's very much a a work in in progress and in process. Um, And I honor that, but just this this page alone um, energetically feels so good, Miriam, and talking about the restoration and rebalancing of uh, the relationship between humanity and Earth. Um, But also, and and then to accomplish this mission, it talks about, um, uh, you know, what the the Great Gathering uh, will be uh, facilitating and what role and, and how that works. But here you're also accepting suggestions for humanitarian and environmental projects. And so I think when people listen to um, this broadcast, either live now or in the future, um, and and as you say, for years people have come up to you and said, you know, what can I do? Um, you know, I highly recommend going to thegreatgathering.org and just as you read this, as it has happened for me, see what comes up inside, and what 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 we're drawn toward um, to be a part of this and and lend our support. And um, you know, if it's not on the the top of 
of our consciousness or awareness of of how to do it, we can step in and and uh, pick up uh, the great gathering, the official great gathering T-shirt, or or just make a make a donation to this cause. But also um, with email links here and everything else, we can pledge our support and and you know put it out there that that we're here we we are choosing to support your efforts and um you know just kind of stepping up in that way i think um i think would be tremendous and uh um i know after this weekend and and um the impact you had at uh, awaken aware and really Miriam, the the impact that you have in in all that you do i'm I'm so touched um, on this broadcast with your really very gentle, nurturing energy, and yet so solid and and firm, like on a on a solid foundation. And that's just um, I I salute you for that and honor you for that and the example that that is for all of us right now and believe me with everything going on and our attention being pulled in this way and that way and 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 everything else um to have you out here with us doing what you do um is it means the world to me well to to Ilya and and yourself Dr. Dream thank you so much for for these these comments that you just shared because Ilya made a very, very, very important point um, and that is that we are not all meant to be doing the exact same thing and it is exceptionally important for each and every one of us to follow what it is that our our, our inner selves are, are guiding us towards. Um, if I said just to follow your heart, that wouldn't be expressive enough to explain that some people are driven towards you know, physically going out and cleaning up a beach. And that may be your contribution. Uh, Somebody may have a contribution by being a volunteer writer or media or, or, you know, whatever the case is, or to go and sit at Wall Street. Um, And if that's what's moving you and motivating you, but do it from a place, okay, here's the thing. Follow what it is that you are intellectually thinking through and do that act, whatever it may be, as long as it's peaceful and with heart. And then mm. we are all moving on that same path together. That's how we move. That's what, what the beauty of life is, that we all have different paths. And for um, for the Great Gathering, yes, uh, once the website goes live, which I we finally have a date well, not an exact date, but we have made a, a decision that <clears throat> regardless of how far in the process we are with the greatgathering.org, that it will be live to the public no later than November 15, 2011. And when that goes live, the suggestion is to go to each page and read the introduction. There is so much on this website. It is so big that... And it's going to be fun in certain areas. Eventually, it's going to get fun. We're going to have people submit videos and responses, and you can have forums. I mean, it's just going to be fantastic, a way to meet people, a way to converse with them, find knowledge, give information, lend your voice to the cause. 
to the movement, to the people around the world. And what's going to happen is that if you go to each one of the pages when it's done and you read up at the top, um, introduction, then you will understand it's like the whole concept of that particular page. And you can get involved in the area that you, that you yourself feel resonates with you. But here's one thing, Dr. Dream and Ilya. This is a website that will be based on solutions, finding solutions. We will not be um, focused on pointing fingers and saying that we have a problem. We're, we're focusing in on how to find solutions. And there will be an area on the website for people to volunteer when it's done that's going to be very clear. There's also going to be um, an area where people around the, around the world can submit their project ideas, and we have a whole little system set up for that. It's going to be really easy for people to lend their voices. Give, up, give us the, the, the ideas. Let's see if we can create these projects all over the planet. But the only way to be able to do any of this great work is to um, have it funded um, and once the funding does come in, we're going to be starting some of these projects, micro, micro projects around the world. And if we've seen something, what we've recognized is this. A micro, uh, micro banks that are happening in poor countries have changed the complete lives and even communities within third world countries. What we are suggesting is that we will start micro um, projects around the world when we have the funding to create change around the world. Hmm. So I'm just so thrilled with this um, with this uh, interview and the time that you have um, you know blessed um, blessed me with to share with both of you because I've done a lot of talking today and I really look forward to sharing this. With, through through my um, networks because I believe that today's conversation with the two of you has been extremely clear, not only with what I've shared, but also with yourselves and a very balanced uh, uh, conversation today. So I just would like to thank you both for this. Um, and I really look forward to people going to thegreatgathering.org and getting involved wh when it's up and when it's done. Um, to be able to um, start this process, and I'm very excited about our future. And I'm very much looking forward to uh, the next time that we have this opportunity, because at that point, the Great Gathering uh, will have begun online, and our community, our world community, will have another place that is that, that will facilitate the voice of the people coming forward. Miriam? Thank you so, so much for joining us this evening. I personally am so blessed to have um, have you as a friend, and I know that um, the Great Gathering and all of our projects and ventures are going to blossom into something more beautiful than we can ever imagine. And I send all my love and all my gratitude to who you are, and to what you do. So I love you, and thank you again for joining us this evening. Thank you, Ilya. I'm, I have a big smile. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, this is this has been an exceptional uh, broadcast for us. Um, the energy just feels so good. Um, really, you know, very pleased with the message and um, loved hearing you say over and over again um, the word peaceful. Um, and and really reminding people that we have a choice about how we approach everything that's happening right now, be it, um, you know, the Occupy Wall Street, be it the uh, humanity and our natural resources, everything, that, that our perspective and the energy that we hold really has everything to do with what will be reflected back to us. And thank you so much, Miriam, for taking the time to be with us. And Ilya, thank you for for all you do um, and uh, just the the incredible support that you have always been um, in this process with uh, with me and and with Dream Reality New Earth Radio, and to all of our listeners, you know, turn within, find your place. What have you been perfectly prepared for um, for this time, and what gifts do you have to share, and um, how can you make? Uh, the difference because it's going to take all of us stepping up to make the difference so thank you all so much and with with all the love uh, that I am and all that is I uh, I express tremendous gratitude and we will be back next week with another very exciting and informative broadcast thank you all very much and have a lovely evening good night everyone thank you blessings